Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cashflow. And the best part, it's absolutely free to join. We're going to be talking all about raising your financial set point, taking your power back when it comes to money so that it no longer has its hold on you, having money respond to you as the sovereign queen of money, not the other way around, becoming wealthy without frying your nervous system, the exact steps to accessing financial abundance for life, and so much more. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th, and I can't wait to see you there. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to another special episode of the Manifestation Babe podcast. I'm finally back from a magical two weeks in Sedona, Arizona, taking some well-deserved time off after a launch, and now I'm ready to get back into the game of creating more podcast episodes to help you keep diving deeper into things, all the good things we love, like manifestation, spirituality, all that good stuff. Today, I have a guest on the podcast that I actually interviewed before I left to Sedona, and I have been so excited to release this episode ever since. I actually had to practice my patience, unfortunately, since I gave my entire team a week off after launch so that we can all come back ready to rock quarter three of 2020. And here we are ready to rock. So my special guest today is Jody K. Edwards, who is someone who I met inside of my Rich Babe Academy back in 2018. I actually brought her onto a live stream the last time I promoted Rich Babe Academy because she was one of my testimonials, and she was someone I had an instant connection with. Literally, I could talk to her for hours, and I've been following her ever since because she puts out some really good content. So today I brought back Jody. except this time it's time to talk all about her and her journey as a business and visibility coach navigating the year 2020, as well as being the voice for her community, promoting diversity and inclusion in the spiritual entrepreneurship space. I absolutely loved this conversation. It is a convo I could have kept going for hours, and you will see why in just a moment. Jody talks all about the importance of being the voice and having a voice in a time such as this where old racist paradigms are brought to the surface, the importance of honoring the message that's on our hearts and following our intuition at all times to stay in alignment, what it was like growing up as a poor immigrant and having to shed the low self-worth and victim mindset to get to where she is today, what it's like to operate from flow rather than hustle, as well as a really deep dive into bringing more inclusion into the spiritual space and a deeper dive into what manifestation is like from her unique perspective. She shared so many mic drops, and I even jokingly said that she blew my pineal gland at some point in this interview. So without further ado, let's take it away with Jody K. Edwards. 
Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. I have a special interview today with my friend Jody K. Edwards, who is an entrepreneur, a business coach, a visibility coach, and literally just such a joy to talk to. She's actually one of my students that I got to meet, I believe, last year. And recently, I've really been engaging in her work and I am just so inspired by this beautiful soul. And we've been talking a little bit about like, what do we want to bring to this podcast episode? And I think you guys are in for a treat because Jody is someone who believes in sharing whatever is on your heart in the moment. And there is a message on her heart and I'm so excited to dive into it today. Jody, how are you doing? I'm doing so well, Catherine. Oh, what a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I'm telling Jody how we're just going to flow and we're just going to get into it. And like, no matter what we have planned, it's not going to go that way anyway. So we might as well just flow right into it. Um, I forgot to ask, do you go by Jody or Jody K? So Jody normally, but like my social media is Jody K everywhere. But I feel like Jody K is like if I'm in trouble with like my mom, even at 30, she still is like Jody K. <laughs> Jody is totally fine. <laughs> okay, so you're not in trouble, so I'm gonna call you Jody. <laughs> um, Jody, for anybody who does not know you yet, can you just share a little bit about you and what you do and what you're passionate about? And anything you feel that is relevant to this podcast episode? Absolutely. So I am like a super woo, like I'm saying mix the woo and the do. So I am a business coach and elected visibility queen. (laughs) I am really focusing on helping early stage entrepreneurs year zero to three gain visibility online. And I always say without the sleazy sales um, systems, because when we can tap into our intuition and just listen to our heart, exactly what you said, we can run our business. I'm going to say by design. I know we both love James Wedmore. (laughs) So it's so perfect. (laughs) But literally run your business from your heart. So that's that's me in a nutshell. I love that. Can you just share a little bit about how you got into that? Because, you know, running your business, your intuition is not something that is necessarily taught in any business school that I'm aware of, like any traditional business school. And it's something that's really hot right now because, you know, people are just getting burnt out. They're just tired of this, like, hustle mentality. We're all about alignment now. Can you just share like how you got into how you got to where you are today? Like how did you get to wanting to help other people with um, running their business by their intuition? Yes. And it's so wild that you said that. So my business is literally LLC'd as alignment is a new hustle. And so when you said those two words, I was like, okay, absolutely. It's really all about aligning the mind. My background just really growing up in poverty, moving to America from Jamaica, having to unlearn all of this just like negative self-worth and get myself out of victim mode mode. I really realized that was the first step to being in alignment with my purpose. It was almost like I had my foot on the gas, but I also had my foot on the brake prior to really tapping into my intuition and realizing that running a business could be fun, right? This gets to be easy. This gets to be however I say it is. And I started my business in 2017. And that's actually literally, I want to say around the first time I found your free challenge, manifestation, babe, money challenge or something, right? I can't remember. Not even that long ago, but from there, it was only like an additional sign that yes, you are on the right path. And I started seeing angel numbers and, you know, one, one, one. And then before it's so wild, I feel like you're going to be like, are you stalking my life? No girl, we're just in flow. (laughs) So like right before you got your Audi, I was like manifesting an Audi and that was my, my car, my angel, my, what do you call that? Like your sign? I was going to say angel car. Like your sign or something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Right. And so I realized I was in this, like, I know Abraham Hicks speaks about the vortex and we all kind of interpret that differently, but I was in this flow where things were just happening for me. Not only was I like a queen at manifesting thanks to you and your amazing programs, but I also was just like naturally able to attract what I wanted for myself. And I was like, look, I can teach other entrepreneurs how to do this, especially early stage entrepreneurs, because they're so overwhelmed with all the systems and what they need to do instead of focusing on who they need to be and how they need to show up. Um, So really I am my first client where I kind of like cracked the code. I don't know if it was around the time alignment and 
woo things were trending. I'm sure you remember that, but yeah. I've been reading books on it for years and years and years. And then of course, like Law of Attraction made it kind of, excuse me, The Secret and Law of Attraction kind of popularized the idea, but really dove into my own mindset and just growing up in poverty, moving to America. And I know we're going to talk about race as well, just dealing with racism and just having this low self-worth. I wanted so much more for myself in my life, but I, it was almost like a, a block. Like there was, there's something and I, I'm not too keen on the word block, but there was, there's some things in my way yeah. <laughs> that I had to energetically get rid of it. Right. But everything that my business stands for today stems from my past, my history, and what I'm trying to achieve in this world, which is really just being a light at my darkest times. When I was at the bottom of the well, when I went through, um, I was assaulted, I was attacked. I just, all of these just insane things were happening and I couldn't figure out why, but I realized I could be my own light and eventually light up the world. And I really vowed from a young age on that I wasn't going to be one of those people that the world and everything that happened to them made them bitter. I really was like, I'm going to be a light. And so when I started Lime as a new hustle, it was really all about, I'm so sick of, okay, mad respect for Gary Vee. Met him. He's amazing. Right. But I'm so sick of certain entrepreneurs glamorizing the hustle because there's so much burnout there. There's so much pain there. And if we can just align with what we want we don't really need to hustle. We can still get the same things out of life and our business and ourselves and from even other people if we just take a moment to just let it fall into place and align. Um, and the flow portion for me, flow means something to everyone else, but I'm super woo. I actually like live my life by the moon and we're, our bodies are made of 60% water. So I really, really am like in the ultimate flow because I do things in my business when I feel like it, because that's my body's natural cycle. And we're not even talking about like ant flow coming to town. We're talking about the fact that Mondays and Tuesdays, I might be like, it's going to be like a fire element. So I'm super fired up and closing sales and closing deals. And then like on like an earth element day within the week, I'm going to be grounding. Well, I ground every day, but grounding and really just meditating and journaling. So, oh my gosh, if you're looking for that woo guidance <laughs> and applying it to your business, like I'm your gal. <laughs> oh my God. I just love you. You are lighting up the world. I, you are a light. You are such a beautiful light. And everything that you're sharing is so funny because I just closed the launch yesterday. And guess what the hell I did on my last day, the cart close day when most people are the busiest and in front of their computer. I decided for some reason, I woke up yesterday and I was like, I want to play video games. And I was like, I haven't played a single computer game. And by video game, I literally just mean on my MacBook. So I'm like, hmm, what can I play on my MacBook? And I realized that I bought like years and years ago that was still linked to my oldest iCloud account from like, who knows, my first iPhone or something like that. I, this whole time I've been an owner of, um, do you remember the game Roller Coaster Tycoon? <gasps> that is my game. Let's I, talk about it. <laughs> I, it is, I did not realize when I started playing it, it's like, you got to be an entrepreneur to understand that game. Like you got to understand like profits and like how much you're pricing things and making enough money to invest in new roller coasters. And I was like, people happy, right? That too. People happy and want to come back to your park. So anyway, that's what I literally did the whole day, Jody. I built a whole park yesterday and ended with a successful launch and it was just so in flow and I realized that that is the key and most people they do not believe that it's possible like they don't believe that you can just do what you're you're most called to do which tends to be the the path of least resistance that tends to be the the path that feels the most fun, they think that they need to struggle. And I'm curious from your perspective, you said that you came from, you know, a, a rough past where you had to deal with low self-worth. And I'm curious, do you see a connection between low self-worth and needing to hustle? It's like you need to prove something because you don't believe that you are worthy of the client or the money or the success. Do you see like a connection there? I'm just super curious. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I 100% know for, I can speak for myself, but you know, being a, so for the podcast, 
sisters. I am Jamaican. I am a Black female entrepreneur. And my sense of low self-worth came from generations and generations and generations of just generational trauma. And even growing up, you know, with a loving mom and just not having that dad there, even back in Jamaica, there was like a certain class system. So even growing up, like at a very young age, there was this whole idea that I wasn't good enough, right? Literally, Catherine, like my childhood was climbing coconut trees and hanging out in like abandoned buildings with my friends and drawing chalk on the ground and hopscotch. Like kids today don't even know, but I was so happy back then, right? I didn't have like a PlayStation or iPhone or anything to watch. It's insane when I go, well, before the pandemic, but when you go into the airport, you see all these young kids with like these massive tablets. I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) times have changed, right? Times have changed. But absolutely, it not only stems from just my background and uh, my culture and my history, but coming like almost anything I did, it's just always having to prove my worth, right? And we can just get straight into this right now. Oh, um, this is the being, on your heart, so just dive in, take it away. Yeah, yes, perfect. I love this. I love this energy. I love this space. A lot of it was not being smart enough at first, right? So then, um, well, being very very smart. Let me reverse this: being too smart, I should say, but still not smart enough. So there was this like pressure for me of just having to make good grades because we were poor and I was an immigrant, right? And then being too smart to my peers and not only getting picked on for that, but then also just not fitting in. And so that low self-worth was really conflicting for me of like, I'm very, very intelligent. I started playing piano when I was two. I've been reading books before most babies even learned how to read. And that was just it. When you're in poverty, the the mode is you need to do something to get yourself out of it. You can't just be average. And I remember at the age of seven, my mom said, Jody, you are going to have so many marks against you. And this is like even before I learned about the Scarlet Letter, but she was saying, you're a triple threat you are female, you are black, and you're ambitious. And so the world is not going to be very accepting for that. They're going to see your ambition and your intelligence as a threat. And so my low self-worth, you would think, you would think, right? One would think that's like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty cool, huh? Like I'm super smart. I'm cute. (laughs) No, girlfriend. It was like, okay, so yeah, this really is, now I have to dumb down my resume. So this was even before Entrepreneur Real Days. And now I have to be smart, but not too smart, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a threat because I don't want my boss to feel threatened by me and some crazy incident happens. And then you enter the entrepreneurship world and there really weren't a lot of people that looked like me. So when I got into entrepreneurship, I was really moved by um, Oprah and Tony Robbins and uh, a few other people at the time that I no longer... (laughs) I'm into, so we will just not say their names at all. But (laughs) with just seeing those people, I was like, okay, they are exceptional human beings. I have to be exceptional to even be given a chance to sit at the table. And this was before my mindset really flipped was I have to start making my own table to sit at because the tables that should have been available for me and the rooms, right? I wasn't allowed to sit there. I wasn't allowed to be in that space or occupy that space. And this was a a really large thing for me, which which I'm, to be honest, full transparency, still working, still working through, that it's okay to take up space. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're an entrepreneur and you have these amazing ideas, you, you're within that niche, you, that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to ocu- occupy a space online. But again, that space is not made available for you, um, especially when you are Black and especially when you are a woman, right? So uh, there was... All of this low self was following me for the longest, longest time. And even when I kind of flipped the script and rewrote my own story around, you know, around that time, we found your challenge and your programs and things like that. I was working through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so for me, self-worth was really tied to, it was just low self-worth was just always thrown in my face of like, oh, you're going to go to school. You thought, right? Oh, you're going to try and be an entrepreneur. Hmm. Right. Oh, you're going to try and get into that dance class. So you're, you're going to try and play, keep playing piano, right? All, all like literally everything was either, okay, I'm not good enough to just be here. So I have to be an overachiever and I nearly killed myself from the hustle. So if we go back to the beginning of this conversation, to me, 
I remember the day I Googled alignment's new hustle and a few things, it was weird. It, it never came up in exactly those words. So of course I like had to trademark it right away and I'll see it right away. And I was like, oh my gosh, no one has these words in this order. It's mine for the taking, right? Only a true entrepreneur would say that is, oh my God, I need to trademark that. <laughs> Yes, yes. And so I was like, alignment is a new hustle because this whole time, my whole life, I was hustling to be good enough. I was hustling to prove my worth constantly. And I realized if I was okay with myself and I could align my mind with my own purpose and my own light and my own message and have my own table, that it didn't matter what was going on. But that brings me um, to this point it's really important to talk about that because how many amazing people are we, is the world kind of sleeping on because we have these unconscious biases because we're closing doors, because we're not simply utilizing our privilege to extend an invitation. Mm, So freaking true. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned just backtracking just a little bit. I wrote down here like the generational stuff that you were talking about. And in the beginning of our um, episode, you mentioned like you're very passionate about educating yourself on history and getting into history that just a lot of people do not know about. And, you know, these unconscious biases, especially for those who are white, like we have unconscious biases that were passed down to us that makes us, as you mentioned, the word that you used asleep to what's really going on. And what, um, for instance, one demographic, which is you, the female black entrepreneur, like that they're facing. And that's all of this low self-worth based off of needing to mold yourself to fit in with a society that is not created to, wasn't designed to help everybody thrive, right? It's, It's a very selective society. Can you talk a little bit about, I'm fascinated to learn more you know, I love learning from you. I've been learning from you a lot in the last couple of weeks. Can you talk a little bit about that history? What is that? History? What might some people not know about? And then like, how can we take away some actionable things to really create change where nobody has to struggle with low self-worth for most of their life because of the messages that we pass down, whether conscious or unconscious? Absolutely. And I'm definitely going to speak for myself again in the situation. But when we have that awareness, we can be more in tune to what other people are going through, what other demographics, what other races, especially. And I'd love to focus on the Black community because that's kind of like where my expertise is. And I just have to preface just because I'm Black doesn't mean I am like a genius at this. So these are my thoughts. Don't come at me crazy. Please self-educate. Please, please, please self-educate. That is my disclaimer. But what I noticed was, oh my God. That you are probably not going to run into any crazies. Uh, My listeners are some of the best people in the world, except for like the one out of like 100,000 that comes on and leaves a one-star review. Um, So everyone's going to be very loving. And just so you guys like know, like be nice, be kind. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Yes, thank you. Yes, the oh my gosh, the community is amazing. I agree. You said something that was so on point, and it's um, how I interpreted it was the justice system does not need to be fixed, it needs to be changed, right? It was never right to begin with, it was never created to protect Black people. Mm -hmm. And let's go all the way back to slavery, right? So I'm just going to give an example with the 13th Amendment, you know, that made it unconstitutional for someone to be held as a slave, but there's a loophole. And the loophole is there's an exception for criminals, right? So within that, um, and I just, I'm going to read it verbatim, neither, quote unquote, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except for as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. And so from that, what happened next, right? African-Americans started being arrested for minor crimes like loitering or vacancy. And the image of Black males were, were, were just criminal, criminalized. And if we take this all the way back to slavery days of when we talk about low self-worth, and this is where the generational trauma comes into play, when you had slaves on the ship coming over... Um, you know, so many, so many people in one small, dark, enclosed area, of course, of course, when they're 
sitting in their own feces and just not being fed, they're, they're dying, they're sick, and they're breeding diseases because of the environment that they're put in. And then they get off of these slave ships to co-work or, you know, do what their quote-unquote contract said they had to do. And again, like being Black almost is given this like scarlet letter of like, oh, they're dirty, they're gross, right? Mm -hmm. But let's take a look at why being put in that position. Um, And then coming forth with just this overall idea of not being equal, period. So because you're a slave, you didn't have the same rights technically because you're a slave. You would automatically were put in this lower class. And then we can fast forward to segregation laws where because of slavery and because Blacks are seen as dirty or in, so what I'm looking for, um, inadequate, right? Not allowed to mingle with society based on the sole fact that they just weren't good enough to be around everyone else. But we have to remember where that started. And it only progressed. It only got worse. With segregation, there's this whole idea that, okay, well, Blacks need to drink from the Black water fountain, right? Blacks need to have their own services. Blacks need to be here. And then we can look at redlining and all of that, which we're not going to get into right now, but we're going to have some amazing resources for you guys um, in the show notes for sure. But within that, now the community is literally, literally by law. It is a law. You're going to be a criminal if you break this. So on top of that, we have this, this, this beautiful moment that I as an entrepreneur see that I would love for my other entrepreneurs to see. Because Blacks were forced to live separately, there was this moment of Blacks coming up with their own services, right? Coming up with their own celebrations. And as an entrepreneur, I really honor that, you know? And then, of course, we have all of these Black inventors that even to this day, if we're trying to make it current, we don't How? I'm just going to say check your bias right now. How many Black inventors can you name off the top of your head? Just everyone listening to this, like, just, just think about it. How many Black inventors can you name? And so in the actual moment where Blacks are said, told, you're not good enough to be in society, go figure it out, be over here unless, you know, we need you for something. There's this beautiful moment of invention happening, but again, no credit was, was given, right? Things were stolen, ideas were taken, again, with the idea of just not good enough, right? Just not good enough, low self-worth. Um, and instilling that. But it, it's so much more than low self-worth. We're talking now systemic racism and understanding that this is a full-on system that was put in place and continuously reinforced. Um, when we take a look at today, we still have the media portraying, right, we have, right, we have shows like Cops. We have shows um, like just so many shows on Netflix, no matter what you guys watch. So you can see there still is this divide. Who, what type of people are always getting arrested? What type of people are always put in the media more negatively than positively? Mm. Take a look at our presidential line. Why was previous President Barack Obama scrutinized so much? But if it's a white leader in power, there isn't this resistance to say, oh, he can't be president because he's not from here, right? So even that was so current of just understanding there's a very strong system in place, but we need more light. We need more of us to speak up. We need more of us to self-educate so we can shine a light because this system is still going on right now to this very moment. And all of these um, murders and deaths and things that are coming up, it's just it really is not a time to be silent because silence is a privilege, right? There was a time where Black people really couldn't speak up for themselves. And then we had leaders emerging, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, so many more. And again, those will be in the resources for you. We know the popular ones. We know the popular ones, but we don't necessarily know how much pushback has been happening. How I could go through a a list of names right now and they're either going to be 
jailed, right? Rosa Parks, in prison. Let's just do it, right? Fred Hampton, killed. Martin Luther King, in prison. We've got Angela Davis, who was a list of, on the list of the 10 most wanted fugitives. And she has this interview where this quote, someone had asked her something from privilege. And she really was just thinking, well, what does it mean to be a criminal in society? And she was explaining how she grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. And the person asking her that question had no idea what Black people had gone through or experienced in the country. And she addressed this so eloquently because the color of her skin made her like a threat. And automatically, she was seen as a fugitive because not because she was trying to fight for equality, right? Well, I guess technically, yes. But in that sense, because she was shining this light. And so that's where I want to get on my platform and say, it can feel scary. It can feel isolating. I remember having the same discussion just a few years ago. I'm going to say less than five years ago, right around the time when the Black Lives Matter movement started and the amount of pushback and attacking I got just by standing up for the color of my skin was insane. I can't imagine bringing life into this world. I have no children, but I really do feel for the parents out there who have to explain to their children, whether they're mixed or whether they just know they're going to endure racism, that some people are just not going to like them for the color of their skin. And they just really believe they shouldn't be treated equally. Like there are people, Catherine, right now, today, that really will stand behind, well, do you really, do you really need to be treated equally? Like you're a criminal, right? Your people do all these things and you deserve that. And we have that today when someone, when, when there's police brutality, oh, and this just like shakes me up. When there's police brutality, whenever it's a, a black person, we're looking at, but were they a criminal though? Were they? Did they steal? Did they use fake checks? Were they mentally ill? But for our white counterparts, that's not happening as often. I'm not saying it's completely not happening. It's just why are we glamorizing the death of Black people? Literally this year in 2020, we have, we have proof from what's said in court. If you do the research, you can literally see the words of, we were hunting him, right? 2020, we have people with their cameras out chasing Black men through neighborhoods while they're simply running like it's a sport. Like, again, like the value of their life or the quality of their life is what I'm trying to teach my audience is it's not just Black Lives Matter. It's the quality of our lives matter so much that we're still fighting to be treated like equals. And people today still have the audacity to tell us no. Mm -hmm. That was a lot. I have a quick question for you. No, that was amazing. Okay. That was like, I can listen to you for hours because I'm getting so much education right now that I know that my audience is also loving this and getting lots of education as well. I have a quick question. I'm just curious. You mentioned how you got pushed back, you know, less than five years ago when the Black Lives Matter movement came out. I'm just curious from your perspective, do you sense a difference with this time? Like, do you sense a difference right now than you did before? Or is it about the same? Is it worse? Like, are you getting as much pushback, less pushback? Are you seeing more allyship? Like, can you kind of um, shine light to that? Absolutely. And this is the beautiful thing. It's also, it's very bittersweet because there is absolutely no pushback this time around. Mm. And for me, the first death that I was aware of was enough. And it's happening consistently. And I really don't know why the flip switched, but I'm happy it did. I really don't know what, for me, I don't know what the difference was between three years ago and today. So I really do have to applaud. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, our generation as well. We are, we are more apt to speaking up, but we, we really don't speak up unless we have the facts and unless we self-educate. And I think we're at a point in time where we're at the age where we're very interested in self-educating. I see a lot of entrepreneurs stepping up as leaders in this space to be, be an ally to, and we can definitely talk about some different tools and things like that, just to speak up and to say, hey, this is not okay. Wake up, right? Wake up. We're not sleeping anymore. And there's going to be pushback no matter what. I, I do want to say I'm the kind of person where I'm not going to get offended if someone wants to ask me a question. I, I've seen there's a lot of negative talk in that space. And, and 
I guess I'm on the fence, to be honest. Um, I believe if you are a person of color and you're interested and you are energetically available to educate, yes. But if you're not energetically available, there's a, there's a right and wrong way, right? We don't have to continue. Let's just say I'm here to lift people up as we're trying to self-educate. That is my biggest takeaway. Self-educate, self-educate and utilize those resources. Because like I say, you are your best resource. And if you think that you don't have the resources to do the research on yourself, I'm the kind of person to say, girlfriend, you do though, right? You do, but I'm here to help you and guide you if you need more from me. But the thing about allyship now is I love what I'm seeing. I'm seeing it from, um, I posted a story, not even a story, I posted a caption on my Instagram and I titled it Living Life While Black because I really had to show everyone that racism is still prevalent and I'm not trying to be tokenized at all. It just kind of naturally happens because people know me. For a lot of people, I'm there. I'm like the only black coach that they know, or I'm the only quote unquote black friend. Do I agree with it? No, but there's a level of if you're willing to do better, once you know better, I'm here for that growth. But I'm just saying like, okay, it's 2020. Like I get it if you lived in a small town and this is your first time, that's totally fine. But there's a conscious decision we can make to say, let me not be so uneducated on what's going on in the world. And that's where the anger is coming from is people are really refusing to understand that history when black people, we learn white history before we learn our own. Technically, if we, if we, well, it shouldn't be that way. I know my mom took the initiative. I had homeschool after school. So when I say super intelligent, I didn't get presents growing up. I got books. So I remember even in Jamaica, like, <laughs> for real, this is so like, oh my gosh, this, she really is an island girl. Like, you know, I could get like a coconut <laughs> looking back. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Right. My mom gave me four, right. Where's it before? But I would get like some fresh fruit, fruit, even though we had it in our backyard and I would get a book. Right. So it was like that. And then when I came to America, I would get like some clothes. But I would get so many books. It was like my mom was like, Barnes and Noble, girl, Barnes and Noble. Instead of going out with your friends and trying to drink on the weekends, I know you're drinking. <laughs> Barnes and Noble. So within all of that, yes, to answer your question, yes, there's a huge, huge difference. I don't have the answer as to why. All I can say on this is I hope, I hope, I hope it continues to build momentum and have this amazing impact where we can actually put a dent in systemic racism because the black community alone cannot fight systemic racism. We've done a lot, done a lot, but we need, we need help. I just made a connection and I'm so curious just to hear your thoughts because as you were talking, first of all, mic drop after mic drop, you're so filled with wisdom. And I just wanted to thank you so much for bringing this um, topic to the podcast and really highlighting this important stuff that most people would look at and go, that's low vibe. But I think that this is the most high vibe thing that we can possibly talk about because equality, equity, diversity, inclusion should be the norm. It really should be the norm, especially amongst the spiritual community. And, um, you know, one thing that I'm diving into, uh, shortly, actually, actually I'm about to go on my vacation. I'm sending my whole team on a vacation. They deserve it. We're, we're calling it a pause. And right after, um, we actually hired a specialist that is going to be like a four-month intensive with me and my team um, around justice, equity. Um, uh, she has like, it's called the Jedi formula. So justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so I want to like dive in as deep as possible and just like really make a safe space. Like that's what I'm all about is I think that when you feel safe, you can manifest whatever you want. Like when you have your basic needs met, which is safety and certainty and knowing that you're taken care of and you're worthy, like a lot of beautiful things come out of that. When you were talking, I just realized something. You mentioned how four years ago or five years ago, rather, um, you had a lot of pushback, whereas now it's like you have so much or almost no pushback. It's amazing. And I was just thinking, you know, in the last few years, the spiritual spirituality has really grown, right? Spirituality, manifestation, law of attraction. Um, you know, some people say love and light, some people hate that, whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of talk right now 
around how the spiritual community is part of the problem and how manifestation is just white privilege and all this stuff. And I was just thinking about like, as I've grown in my spiritual journey, how I have, my heart has literally expanded for all of humanity and how throughout my journey of realizing that there's so much more to life than just me and how I'm really here to serve other people. This is what allowed me to get to a place where I am so open to this kind of education, where I'm able to see this kind of thing and want to solution. And I'm just curious, do you think there's some sort of connection? Because you're all about the woo, you're all about spirituality. Like, do you think that maybe that's part of the contribution is that people are waking up and part of this awakening is allowing us to be able to create a space and environment where we start to think about the solution and become part of the solution? Mm, absolutely. I, you know, within the spiritual realm, we all go through a level of awakening whether you are um, at awareness level one, two, three, four, five. Right now, I try to unpack a lot because there was something you had mentioned where I'm just like, oh my gosh, the spiritual community, why do we, why did, why does it have to be a place where it was just like, again, so isolated? Why couldn't the spiritual community be a place where all types of people were hanging out, right? So I don't blame the spiritual community because historically, lives are very spiritual, right? We had hymns, singing, all of that. And then I, I totally get where you're coming from and I, what you said, because I've saw that, I've seen that too. Um, I have seen, I saw, <laughs> English is hard. <laughs> but I really, really noticed we have to also look collectively as a whole, who's waking up? Because yeah. I'm going to speak on both sides. I know there are a lot of my Black friends being silent right now. Mm. Right. And let's talk about that because I am for equality and with everyone. I'm not going to just give you a pass just because you're black, right? I'm not going to give you a pass just because you are a quote unquote good white person. I'm really here for inequality. And I love what you said about expanding your heart and all of that because that's really what this is. Racism is a issue of the heart, right? It's, it's an, it's just, it comes from really thinking that your race is better than another. So within that, the spiritual community, when you break it down, they're still individuals. Could our spiritual leaders do better? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to say that right now from what I've seen from who I follow hard. Yes. But I'm seeing too, is people aren't as aware as they thought they were. When we talk about staying within your zone of genius as entrepreneurs, right? We have to be like, what did you do? You wanted to learn more about something. You hired a team and you're getting your whole team trained. That is like the best thing you could possibly do for long-term change instead of short-term change. What are people doing now who might not be at that level or might not be able to? Um, I shared something on Instagram where really, I don't know if you guys know this, but I use all features of of Instagram and I want you guys, I'm going to challenge you guys whenever you see a post to save it. Don't just read it. Don't just um, share it. I'm going to go, I'm literally opening up my Instagram. You're going to go to those three lines in the top right corner and you're going to see something that says saved. Now, if you don't know how to use Instagram. Right now, there's so much amazing resources out there. If you see something, click that little flag in the, on the right. It might move. I don't know <laughs> because it's Instagram. Save that and call it something. I've called mine. I have several. So I saw your video. It's genius. Yes, that's something we can do, right? So I have one that's pull up, pull up for justice. I'm starting this movement. I'm going to be looking for people to contribute like one minute stories and trying to put together a documentary to help this exact message, Catherine, go a lot further. Because there's so many people like you and I that our heart has been ready and we are ready for long-term change. And we're looking for more allies, right? We don't, mean just for you, Catherine, especially like you're expecting your team to be allies to jump on board. And that's what we need to do. You know, as a black female, I'm looking for really 
whatever help I can get, as long as your heart is in the, I want to say as long as your heart is in the right place, your heart needs to be in the right place and you need to be open to self-educating and being a light as well. But again, with the spiritual community, it's so easy to place the blame. And I always say like, whenever you point a finger, there are three, (laughs) to look, literally look, three pointing back at you. (laughs) Like how many how many fingers do I have? Air and there's three pointing back at me and one at you. Yeah, so true, right? Yes, <laughs> we both just did it. And so, are we looking at the three pointing back at us? Because if we were, all of the fleck the spiritual community is, and I'm in it, so of course I'm going to be a little offended because I'm going to be like, hey, you're really maybe looking at the wrong community if you're really thinking the spiritual community isn't doing enough. That's a problem. <laughs> Oh my God. I love, I'm loving this conversation. I, I am just loving this conversation. I know that you have a tons of resources that um, we're going to link into the show notes. So guys, if you haven't started your education process or you maybe picked up some books and it was trendy to read them two weeks ago and now it's not trendy anymore, go back to those books, go back to the resources, listen to all of the content you could possibly listen to around this topic. It is huge right now. And it is part of our awakening. I believe it's part of our ascension. I believe that it is now time for us to create a world where every single human being is equal, where every single person is worthy and deserving of the best life. And we cannot do that with silence. We cannot do that without the shadow work. We cannot do that if we're just stuck in, we're sticking our head in the sand and just being like, there's no such thing as racism. There's no such thing as racism. Like there is racism and there is white privilege and there is all these things that are wrong with the world, but it is up to us, the inhabitants of planet earth to be part of the solution. And I think that just as you're saying, like if your heart's in the right place and you're ready for it, like we can all inspire each other as we go along. So maybe there's people who aren't ready and there's pushback or whatever. I feel like I feel like there's been a shift, at least just from what I've been seeing uh, over the last few weeks on Instagram and on Facebook and basically everywhere I turn, just like listening to some of my mentor mentors who have jumped on board as well with being part of the solution. I'm really curious, you know, speaking of, because, you know, we're talking about the spiritual community and we're talking about manifesting. We're talking about all these awesome woo things in the beginning. Um, as it pertains to this, I'm super curious because I've been getting this question a lot, right? I've been getting this, um, some I would almost call it like some people are starting to uh, to be more critical of manifestation and the law of attraction as it pertains to social justice. And I'm just curious from your perspective, just to bring this topic to light, like, do you, what is your perspective of manifestation as a black woman? Because I've seen some posts go around, maybe even like last year when I first asked my integrator, Londa, who is very well versed in white privilege and and social justice. And she has been handing me articles. Like even, I remember even two years ago when we first hired her, she was like, Hey, just so you know, maybe you're interested in this. Maybe not. She was just kind of like, you know, she was a little unsure at first and she would be putting things on my table, sending me emails. And so I started reading up, up, up on it, which I think really gave me the warm up for now to really do like a deep dive. And I've seen some like posts go around where um, my followers would tag me or they would DM it to me and be like, is manifestation just white privilege? You know, you, you see a lot of that. And then I went on this mission in the last two to three weeks to find as many black women who talk about manifestation as possible, because I just want to see like, are there similarities? Are there differences? What are our beliefs? How does this pertain to race? And I'm just curious, like, what is your perspective of manifestation of the law of attraction as a black woman? Yeah. So at its core, law of attraction and manifestation is energy and energy does not, oh my God, I got it. I'm not even going to say does not see color because I hate when people say that to me, <laughs> but it's okay. I guess it's okay for like a, a something that's not human to say that, but literally for us to say, oh, well, manifestation is white privilege. Okay. Let's check that white privilege because why do you think that it's okay for you to claim manifestation? This thing that has been just in within history. And I, I really think too, if we take a look back at where it originated, more and more people now, you have like the new woo and no offense to anyone who's like, oh, I'm newly woo. Please, please keep exploring that. But again, when you do your research, you, you can connect manifestation to prayer and prayer is so old, right? Yeah. We can even go back. We can talk about was Jesus black or was he white, right? And based on your answer, 
that's going to propel you forward into everything else that you think. <laughs> I like real quick. Just what you said just blew my little mind. My little pineal gland just went. <laughs> you said, and I take back a little mind because I'm all about the subconscious mind. My mind is huge. My mind is huge. Huge. <laughs> you said like check your privilege when you even say that manifestation is white privilege because it's so true because it goes so far back it is an ancient principle and the ancient people were not white so yeah there we go not white absolutely and keep going I just wanted to highlight that real quick because I was like whoa 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 okay keep going <laughs> yes that is that is my that is my out take on it I practice manifestation it's not because a white person taught me manifestation is because after I was interested in it, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. So I found people like you who have an amazing energy that I was drawn to. That energy was pure, right? For me, it was like, I felt safe even back then, even before. I, I love, love, love. And I hope more entrepreneurs at your level that can invest in their team like you are, follow suit because this that really is a great place to start. But even before you were the manifestation babe you are today, you still put out this energy, right? You still put out this energy that attracted me to learning from you. But you weren't the only person I was learning from. So if we take a look at that, yes, there's going to be a lot of our spiritual teachers. We really only see the white ones, unfortunately. Um, but I listen, like YouTube is like my therapist. If I like were to show you my YouTube, it'd be so embarrassing. Like it would literally be like subconscious reprogramming while you're sleeping eight hours. <laughs> hey, I'm literally pointing myself this is the same thing. I have, I have like a private YouTube channel that like nobody would know that it was me because I'm just like, if anyone finds like the UFO shit that I look at, I don't know. I'll look at me the same. So, you don't know my channel and my real YouTube channel that I use right? for videos, but yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's how I am. I actually have like a secret Pinterest because my team goes into my Pinterest, like my account one. So I'm like, I don't want them to see like the aliens <laughs> researching. <laughs> I'm going on some UFO tours in Sedona next week. So <gasps> I wish Texas had stuff like that. You'll have to fill me in. Please fill me in. I'm super, I super, super busy. <laughs> I will, I will. But yeah, keep going. Keep going. So we were talking about white people, law of attraction. Actually, yeah. for you, yes. you know, you know the, the, there's, there's a lot of problematic things in saying, you know, all lives matter. We don't see color. Like I've really been educating myself on that. But I'm just curious, like when we say everything is energy, is that racist? Or does that like, do you get what I'm asking? Like yeah. you said, like from the perspective of the universe, like how do you think the universe this, this force behind, you know, the creation of the world, depending on what your belief is, like, how does it, I'll just call it it, see us, you know, different races, different colors? Absolutely. And I think, I think I kind of can start here with, we might be even wondering, would a God who says they're a God, a light, right, allow this to happen, right? Would the universe who's supposed to be fair and just allow bad things to happen to good people. And that is something I don't have the answers for. I'm just going to go straight out and say it, but this is what I feel is right, is we still, at the end of the day, we each have a choice, right? So think of how many people who, even myself, I'll always use myself as an example, you know, growing up and not really having a positive outlook on life because my current reality was so it just felt like it was going to be like that forever. And then realizing that there was a world there. And if we want to get super deep, we can talk about like dimensions and astro projecting, but we won't. (laughs) But if we did, there's so much going on within our like multidimensional universe. So I get where there's going to be people and doubters that say, well, if God was real or if law of attraction and manifestation was real, there wouldn't be this pain and suffering. But at the end of the day, we as human beings, we have to tap into that, right? We don't come out of the womb learning. We don't come out of the womb racist, right? But right then and there, we also don't learn how to deal with our trauma. 
we don't come out of the womb knowing how to have emotional intelligence. That's something that we as human beings, that's our individual journey, responsibility, responsibility, right? So again, if we are the kind of people that choose to tap into the right type of energy that will build the momentum to move forward, sorry, my non-woo people, I might be losing you here, but ideally, let's do it this way. Let's say you're sitting underneath an apple tree and one half of the apple, excuse me, one half of the tree is very fruitful and the other half of the tree has no fruit. But because of your height or because of just anything within your human characteristics, because of where you're positioned around the tree, you're only seeing a specific part. Now, spirituality to me is you choose to see what you cannot see. So that's how I take a look at even racism. You choose to see and acknowledge racism, whether you see it or not, because you know it's there, if that makes sense. So within spirituality as well, it's really important that we look at the big picture and say, well, I have a... I have the decision. It's my sole decision to stand on this part of the tree and see where all the fruit is, or I can continue to stand on this part of the tree and see that there's no fruit here. Mm. I hope that was like a good breakdown for my non-woo people. That's a great metaphor. Excellent yeah. metaphor. Yeah. I, the way that I see it is like you have the universe, but then you also have ego. And I feel like a lot of the negative things, the suffering, the racism, the, the, just the, the bullshit that happens in the world comes from an overactive ego. And like, it's like the ego gives this, um, contrast. Like, like if we, if we were just souls floating around right now without an ego being in a physical body, we wouldn't know the difference between love and hate, joy and pain. Like there would be no contrast. There'd be no differences. So like when we incarnate into this world, I like the way that I've been able to see it is like, and understand it. Cause I'm still like learning how to understand it through different frameworks. It's like the universe does not discriminate, but people do. The ego discriminates. And when you have people with overactive egos, which historically have been white people, you know, thinking that they're better than everyone, and oppressing people who are not white, who are, um, you know, people of color, indigenous, black, brown, however you identify. It's like, that is the ego speaking. And so you, through free will in this universe, we can create a horrible place to live in. I mean, we really do have the power to create that. And it's not necessarily like manifestations fault or law of attractions fault or the universe's fault or God's fault. Like people ask, like, how could God let this happen. How I've been able to conceptualize is like God gave us the greatest gift, which is free will. And the free will is our responsibility of how we use it. And we've been using it in a really shitty way up until now. And I think that now a lot of people are waking up and being like, wait a second, I have a choice to be part of the solution. And I have a choice of how I can use my resources and use my heart and use my money. And let's just talk about money. Right. People demonizing money and it drives me insane. And I know that you're someone who is, um, who has a great money mindset and you teach money mindset. And I've been talking a lot about how like you could use your dollars. Your dollars are a tool to donate to organizations that speak to you. You can vote with your dollars. There's so much amazing stuff that you can do with money. Can you just talk a little bit about, um, now that I opened up the money mindset vortex, can you just talk a little bit about how you see money and maybe perhaps like, um, I don't know what we can, you know, and it doesn't just have to be with money. Like, let's just bring this back to like how else we can bring in more light and what else that's actionable that we can do to make a difference at this time. Absolutely. Oh, money mindset is my thing. And again, like I really do have so much of what I've learned from you to attribute for that. And then that opened up the gateway to other people as well. But that was one thing I knew recently, right? Like 2016, that if I was going to do this thing, if I was going to let my light shine a little bit brighter and step into this role as an entrepreneur, an educator, a teacher, visibility queen, I really had to fix my money story. And as of right now, when you said voting with your dollars, let's talk about the reason why there is still racism today, because we have people in power 
not voting with their dollars in a way that's going to be beneficial for the greater cause. And as entrepreneurs, let you just mentioned something so beautiful, choice, right? We still have a choice. We have a choice to be silent. We have a choice to speak up. We have a choice to connect with people who look differently than us. And as an entrepreneur, I, I teach my entrepreneurs, you have to be innovators. Don't wait until something like Black Lives Matter comes up for you to be like, oh, I should be different. Constantly be thinking, how can I create, oh my gosh, we, I pride myself on how well I <laughs> ball things together, pat cell phone back. How can I create the ideal world that I want to live in within the free will that I was given? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are complacent with just being okay. And for me, this could tie back to my previous like early stages or just how I grew up. But it's not so much me just always wanting to be great and always wanting to change things for the better. It's really just, I'm the kind of person, if I have the choice to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire. If I have the choice to not identify why I constantly have negative 17 cents in my account, that's also a choice. But again, if I'm saying I want to stand on this side of the apple tree that has all the apples, I'm going to fix my money mindset before it becomes a problem. And I'm going to innovate ways to move myself forward, vote with my dollar, not wait until someone says, this is what you should do, not ask other people, I want to do something. How can I help? I'm going to make my own way. Mm -hmm. And I would love for us all to step into this innovator role, even for the non-entrepreneurs listening to this. There's so much you can do with your free will. And I would love people just for the next week or two to check in with themselves before they go to bed or when they wake up or whenever you do your morning routine or daily routine, just check in with yourself and ask yourself one simple question. Did I use my free will today to do something that has a greater impact on the world? Or did I just use my free will today to make myself a sandwich? and complain about my job or cry about the negative 17 cents of a bank account, right? So that's like a, that's a real simple tool we can all implement is just identifying, like, I hope you guys are taking notes because this episode should be a masterclass that people pay for, right? We've dropped so many gems, so many amazing questions and everything, but it's the education, it's the innovation and understanding that you have the free will to create a world and get enough people on board to create that world that you want. Back then in slavery times, this exact thing was happening, but not for the greater good, right? It only included a small section. Imagine if we had more people, and let's bring this current. Imagine if we had more people like you and I, Catherine, that got together and was like, how can we actually share what we know with people? How can we tell people in our communities? How can I make my team better? That level of innovation that you and I have on the regular needs to continue with other people who might not have generated six figures. You don't have to, right? Like I'm at the, I focus on six figures and you just shared your beautiful story about, I don't even want to get it wrong. Girl, you better say it. What are what level are you at? Multi? Multi, yeah, multi seven figure. <laughs> oh, sounds so good, right? I'm coming. I'll be there soon. <laughs> but it's all a choice, right? It's all a choice. And when we make that conscious decision to do better, not just wait till we know better. I was saying this um before. Once you know better, you can do better. But Isabel Guava is a really amazing entrepreneur as well, who's just naturally in- included diversity and inclusion into her her business. So much so that people really think like that's what she does. Again, I don't, I don't either. I really don't. I really focus on visibility and woo and do in business. But when this comes so effortlessly for you, people will naturally gravitate towards you to find out more. But she says do always. And that really, like, let's think about what that means. Like, do always means that even if you don't know the answer, you're going to find it out, find out. So you can always act like that. Jody, I want to leave this at this point on this high. There's so much more that we can dive into, but I'm just going to direct everyone to come and learn from you. So can you share where everybody can follow you, where you hang out and also where people can support your work? Absolutely. I am on Instagram at Jody K. Edwards and my website is jodykedwards.com, but definitely reach out on Instagram. That's where I spend a majority of my time. 
Um, if you have any stories to share, I've realized that there's some healing in that, um, that people have just been saying like from all different races, this is a beautiful thing from all different races. I've been getting so much like, Oh my gosh, like this gave me permission to share this. And my daughter is going through this or someone. Right. And so that's really the momentum behind the documentary and pulling, putting together pull up for justice is just showing that you don't have to look a certain way to know that everyone should be treated equal. I really want to bring that to like the public eye because that's still something that we're like, wait, do I have to look a certain way to care about this? No girlfriend, no boyfriend, guy, king, queen. I don't know. <laughs> you don't. So um, Jody Edwards is my Instagram handle. And then my Facebook group is called Alignment is a New Hustle Strategies for the Successful Entrepreneur. There's no one better to bring that documentary message out there than the visibility queen herself. So yes. Okay, guys. Oh my God. Take a screenshot right now and tag Jody K. Edwards. So it's J-O-D-I-K-A-Y. And then Edwards, you know, most people know how to spell that, but just in case, E-D-W-A-R-D-S. Um, and send her so much love. Seriously, like all the takeaways, whatever breakthroughs and aha moments that you had, tag her, share that with her, share your story, whatever it is that you feel called to do and um, spread the word to this episode because this was incredible. And I just wanted to thank you so much for your time, your energy, your wisdom, for all the lessons that you shared, all the light, you are totally lit up. And then the light that you're shining on other people so that they can shine your light too. I thank you so much for coming on here. This is such a having me. I had so much fun. Oh my gosh. And this flow, you guys, like no notes. What is life? <laughs> no notes. I had notes and then she came on here and she's like, let's talk about this. And I'm like, oh shit, we're going in a different direction. Do it. And then I was like, let's just start recording. Um, and we're gonna go from there. And that's that's life, you guys. Like you are making up life as you go along. We are all, as Jody said, innovating. And as we move forward and as we innovate, that's how we're going to create the world that we want to live in. So thank you so much, Jody. I appreciate you. And to everyone else, I will catch you in the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.